Welcome to Garden of Sound, presented by The Nephilist. I'm your host, Ian Turner. This week on the show, I'm talking to Accept. He was born in Christchurch. He went to the same high school as Bick Runger and Zed, but shunned the pop charts to play and produce dub alongside some of the biggest names in the business in places like Denmark, Croatia and the United Kingdom. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Accept. Just to kick off, what's the what's the first memory you have of music in your life? I'm not really too sure, to be honest, but I think my old man playing guitar around the house and just practicing and singing along when I was a bit younger is probably the first kind of memories I have. Did that influence you on your musical journey? Um, a little bit, because I remember he tried to like show me how to play. I wasn't really that interested in Eventually, my parents forced me to play guitar, even though I didn't really want to at the time. And then I actually really enjoyed it after one lesson. Had like a little bit of a knack to it, so loved it after that. Keep going back. So was guitar the only thing that you played? Um, I can play like basic kind of piano stuff, you know, nothing too critical. So were your um, uh, were your parents? Did they did they want you to play music? Was that a a course or a direction that they wanted you to head in? Um, I'm not too sure. I think it was more like, you know, you want to try to get your kids into something early. And um, playing an instrument is obviously a cool thing to do for a kid. Who were you listening to when you grew up? Um, I really liked um, hip-hop when I was a kid. Uh, I was really big into, like, rap. And then sort of as I grew older, the taste sort of uh, spiraled off a bit. Started getting into electronic music, a bit of like metal for a while, and then yeah, my interests are really in uh, roots reggae and dub music. So, any particular artists that you know? Um, for me, uh, well, King Tubby is like the originator of the like dub, basically the father of the remix, and his uh. He took a few producers under his wing, like Scientist and Prince Jammy, who were also like quite well-renowned uh, producers and uh, magicians behind the desk. And um, yeah, they're they're quite. I mean, they're so that's sort of like seventies to eighties uh, producers, but they're massive influence for me. So, what's the New Zealand dub scene like at the moment? Um, it's pretty healthy. I mean, I just came back from Raglan at a, we played at a festival called uh, Ruapuke Roots, which is like a big gathering of sound system culture and roots music. Um, I'm part of like a sound system crew. We have this sound system called Eyes Down, which is also our radio show. But it's like a hand-built dub sound system, built my mate's garage. And um, yeah, we took it up and there's another big sound system based in Auckland called Lime Rockers Hi-Fi. It was kind of like north meets south with a couple of other smaller sound systems as, as well. Just explain sound system to me because I see it attached to a bunch of groups and bands and, you know, Salmonella dub and then there's Salmonella dub sound system. So just for the uninitiated. So basically in Jamaica, um, families and, um, you know, other people, will they build their own home-built sound system and their own, like, amps and preamps. They'd hold parties and people would come and they'd play music that they'd recorded. And then eventually that when people immigrated to the UK, 
in like sort of the 50s and 60s, they brought that culture with them and people would build their own sounds and then I guess the British took on their own sort of version of it and it's just expanded into like this massive worldwide phenomenon, I guess. Um, have you spent any time in the UK? I have, yeah. I've been over a couple of times. Have you been to Carnival? Notting Hill Carnival, yeah. I've been twice. It's amazing. It's like life-changing. But that's basically the mecca of that kind of thing. And it costs you a pound to go to the toilet as well on somebody's oh, yeah. front yard, which is... It's very interesting. Which is huge. Who did you catch when you were over there? Um, caught Channel One Sound System, who also came and played at Ruapuki Roots, and also uh, Abishanti I, who's like probably for me, like the boss. Like his his sound system, his like presence and selection. He's the he's the man. Did you want to do anything else apart from play music and produce, be a DJ? Um, I'm still figuring that out at the moment. Producing and DJing is very much still a hobby, so I'm at a bit of a crossroads, but it's it's definitely something good to be in. So we talked a bit about influences. Is there a particular track from uh, an artist or a group that uh, you'd like to play? Uh, yeah, so I was talking about King Tubby. Um, probably one of his most famous tracks with um, Augustus Pablo is um, Uptown Rockers. <laughs> Baby, 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Accept. So what was the first musical event or concert or thing that you attended? I remember going, I can't remember who played, but I remember going to like heavy metal concert, maybe when I was like 17. It was all right, like, it's what you'd expect. I was, I think, I wasn't massively into the music, but I just really liked all the instruments. And like everyone's generally pretty amazing at what they play, especially, you know, with guitar and drums. But I think the first, like, my best memory, like the like first kind of electronic gig I went to was this guy called uh, Youngster, who played the Ducks. And basically for, say, for the past sort of decade before that, he was one of the most influential dubstep DJs in the whole scene. Like, he started playing in clubs and raves when he was, like, 12 or 13. His sister, his sister owns, uh, well, partly owns Rinse FM, which, is, which was, like, one of the bigger, like, pirate radio stations in London. And the reason why it's so influential, like, I... I had a friend who was going to come with me and then ended up flaking out. So I was like, oh, do I go? Do I not go? I was like, oh, I'll just go. And then I'd never heard like a sort of big sound system before. Which is run, this subtle sound system, which is run by a guy called Ryan here, which is, he's been, I guess, the main promoter for dubstep music for the past decade in Christchurch. And, you know, it's responsible for a lot of like tours that come around to the side of the world as well. And, um, Fast forward like five or six later, six years later, and I'm actually signed to this guy's record label. So it's been like a big sort of circle around to uh, something I just went to as a kid because I like the music. So I presume you weren't you weren't uh, weren't brought up or you weren't given the name except at birth. No. <laughs> I'm going to ask you. I want to ask you. How did it come? How did it come about? Well, I kind of I was already making music, and to be honest. I just wanted something that sounded cool and looked cool when it was written. Like, there's no big uh, story behind it. It's literally, I thought it sounded cool at the time, and it's just stuck. So that begs the question, is the visual side of what you do as important as the, the audio side? Um, for me, not really. It's all about the music. What about social media? Social media plays a massive part of it. I mean, like, there's promoting... I don't really like it, to be honest, because it's quite draining, you know, keeping up with different platforms and constantly trying to keep people interested and this and that. But it is definitely a huge part of it. Like, you can't get your music out there without having some kind of online presence or sending music to people or, like, networking with other DJs or producers and swapping music. What piece of activity, whether it's social or on air or a live performance, has given you the biggest response? You got the biggest bit of feedback or the biggest sort of like surge in interest in accept? I'd say definitely, definitely SoundCloud is a it's a massive one because all it really takes is one person to like repost a track and it could just completely change. Like they might have a massive reach compared to you, and you know, uh, shows your music to a whole different audience. But that's the same with Facebook as well. You know, people sharing and commenting. It really, um, it it just you could have that one person with massive following, and it could just completely change your audience and how many people listen to your music. Um, gig wise, gigs can go wrong, things can break down. I guess you're reliant on a lot of equipment. Mm. Um, what's the what's the worst gig experience you've had? Uh okay, so what like. When I first started DJing and started using like 
CDs. Obviously, they're quite reliable, more or less, unless they're scratched or something like that. And I played this gig. I had um, had a few records to play first because I'm an avid vinyl collector as well. But uh, I had I played all my records. as like, right, right, cool. I hadn't been really been playing USBs for very long. Plugged them in the CDJ and they just did not work at all. I was like running out of, pretty much ran out of music completely. And I was like, Ugh. spotted a mate in the crowd. And I was just like, oh, can you, can you come up here for a second? And uh, he came back, gave him the keys to my car. Because luckily I had a CD wallet sitting in there. So, But it actually wasn't really a bad experience because no one knew what was happening. But for me, I was just like internally panicking. Like, what do I do? What's your favorite or most prized piece of vinyl? Hmm. I don't know. I've got so many, like I've got so much it's hard to... Uh, pick a favourite What's the first piece you bought? First one First one I bought is Like a, a black label Or like a um, Kind of like unknown artist Kind of thing But um, uh, A guy from Christchurch Called Jeremy Runs this label called Inner Mind Recordings Which is Probably is, I'd say it's one of the top tier sort of dubstep labels it happens to be from Christchurch but he does like a in New Zealand in the world in the world I mean it's a relatively small kind of scene so it's quite cool that a label from Christchurch has this massive following but he puts out like a, a black label um sister label I guess which is you know it's easier for them to release music that you know like bootlegs or things like that so it was a record from a guy called Epoch, who was also from Christchurch. Just a couple of like bootlegs of um, a couple of tunes, and um, they worth a fair bit of money now, actually, because of the the they only have like small pressing some of these, and they're like I don't know how much he pressed for this one, but a lot of them sort of sit around three to five hundred press, so they get they garner a bit of um, value online, you know, sharks and that kind of thing. Sonically, can you tell the difference between vinyl and digital? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like vinyl has a kind of character to it. A lot of people argue, I guess vinyl sounds better than digital, but it's really just up to the person listening. They definitely have their differences. Yeah. Who's your um who's your favorite artist of um of all time or what's your favorite piece of favorite piece of music that you've, you know, stuck with you, you listen to always? Mm. I was thinking about this earlier and I don't know if I really have an artist or a track like that because my interests seem to change all the time. But at the moment, um, one of the tracks that I'm really into is one by a guy called Deadbeat who's from Canada who makes sort of dub and techno crossover kind of music with this guy called uh, Paul St. Helier, which is another sort of influential reggae vocalist who's part of this dub techno crossover and it's called what the heck them expect
Wait. 
You're listening to the Garden of Sound interview with Accept. So the big one here is your process. How do you come up with the stuff? How do you make it? How do you how do you produce? It's always different. But lately, it's all based on finding like a sample. You know, you're, you're going through, you're listening to old music and you just find that little, could even be a phrase or a little bit of like an instrument or something like you were saying, that double bass. I heard that and I was like, whoa, to stop what I was doing and then just chuck it in and chop it up and see what happens with it. But yeah, it normally, it normally kicks off with some kind of sample and then just building a track around it. Other times it might be sequencing drums or... Yeah, most of the time it, it, it all starts off with some kind of sample. So what programs are you using to, to um, chop up and put this stuff together? I make music completely in FL Studio, which is, in my opinion, is a great bit of kit. I've been experimenting in like Ableton as well for some live performance stuff, but haven't quite got there yet. I'm still learning. For me personally, it just comes down to what bit of software you're used to rather than which is better than the other which a lot of people tend to argue. So when you're talking about finding samples, do you um, pr- produce any of your own uh, live instruments for these tracks? Uh, I have done in the past. I just don't have, like, I don't really have a studio at the moment. So I uh, don't really have the means to do it. But I have, you know, recorded guitar and bits and pieces. And obviously I work with people as well. So, you know, they record their own stuff, their vocals, instruments. But yeah, just most of the time... Samples are the one for me. Are there any Christchurch artists, um, vocalists or, or musos you've been working with that have come up with some good results for you? Um, in Christchurch, not so much. Um, my friend Jeremy, who I was saying runs an Mine label, uh, his wife is a great uh, vocalist and um, violinist. I'm working on something with her. And I'm um, also working on something... Uh, with my friend Layla, who's a great vocalist as well. And then you know, work of, like, you know, do, like, collaborations with other um, artists as well. Um, I work on a bit of stuff with my friend Guy, who goes under Ebb, who makes techno music, so we do a little bit of a crossover type thing. That work, it really depends, but I've been working with a guy called Another Channel, who is from Germany, who makes... He makes dub techno. I make dubstep. We sort of have this weird kind of mesh. We just like fit quite well together. And he he produces music and sings as well. So he he's got a great sound. He's quite unique. So I'm happy to work with on a couple of tracks with him. I think it's about time to hear something that you've written. Okay. What do you want to play? Uh, going off that, I'll actually play something that me and him have been working on. Just coming out sometime, sometime this year, I think. Yes, I create some scar. Create is created, don't rebellate, man. Over 18,000 kilometer distance. Respect in every aspect. Run it, run it up. Chant it, chant it up. Them away, them away. 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Accept. So, what's your what's been your most rewarding project or uh, piece that you've worked on? Thing, activity, uh, concert, gig, life choice, color. Yes, yeah. 
breakfast combination? <laughs> um, I'd say at the moment, the I've obviously like the been able to be signed some record labels and I had a couple of records out already, like a few twelve inches and some other ones. But being able to play overseas has been like a, a massive thing. Like, where was that? Uh, I've played quite a few places. I played in Melbourne, Sydney. I've played in Slovenia, Croatia, uh, Denmark. Played in the UK. So I've had pretty cool experience so far. There's a few other sort of things in the works at the moment. But I, the, probably the the biggest one I played at is at uh, Outlook Festival in Croatia, which is a massive. It markets itself as uh, sort of the biggest. Uh, gathering of sound system culture it's probably a bit far from that now because it's becoming a bit commercialized but basically as far as dub like dubstep's concerned that's where all the people for who make it around the world or whatever they come in and they play there so it is pretty exciting to be able to play there um and it's cool to actually link up with a lot of people who chat to online or send music and finally get a bit of dialogue going and actually meet these people. It's it's a great festival. And I presume that you're learning as you go every day. Oh, for sure. This. I'm still very much, I guess, an intermediate producer. Not I'm not massive on like sort of the technical side, but I guess over the past year or so, it's really kicked into another gear. Things are starting to click. So I don't, I don't think it's about how much you know or how good you are at producing. It's more what you're making. Which leads on to, have you got any advice for anyone who's starting out wanting to be a producer, whether they're working in techno or dubstep? Um, I'd say don't, don't get down if someone, you know, you send music to somebody and they don't reply to you or they don't answer. And just, just keep sending music. They'll get... You know, if you're trying to get signed to a record label, a lot of them, they might listen to it, they might not, but you just have to keep keep at it. Don't let it bother you too much. i say uh, another big thing is networking. Like, being in it by yourself, it's a bit of an echo chamber, you know, you're not really going to get feedback or that kind of thing. Or you make links and, you know, you could get gigs or, you know, someone might refer to you, like refer to you somewhere. So, you know, you network build up mates online or other producers, swap music, give feedback, ask others for feedback. You know, you have no idea where it's going to go. That's a massive one's networking. What's your What's your biggest unfulfilled goal or biggest dream? Um, Let's say five to ten years, how about that? Yeah, I don't know, five to ten years, I don't know. I'm already at like a quite a good spot for me at the moment. I guess... Um, Pushing for like the top tier kind of like record labels, I guess. Who are they? The big ones in dubstep music is uh, Deep MIDI music and System music. The I guess the two. Uh, I guess they kind of monopolize the scene. All the the biggest artists and DJs are all signed to those labels. They're the ones who are consistently touring and playing and traveling around the world and getting booked. It's a it's a long term goal. I have some dialogue between the guys who run them as well, so it's 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 definitely an achievable thing. But that's that's like that's probably not long term. That's more like 
like next couple of years or something like that you know it's cool um do you want to push um push the music you're making more into the mainstream um i don't know it's it's a i guess in a sense you know i'd like to there's guys like truth who have pushed into more or less the mainstream here at least in christchurch they're quite well known um but it's not really a kind of mainstream music, I guess. It's, you know, it's it's built for like dark clubs. You know, it's un, un, it's an underground genre. You know, it had a, a bit of commercial success for a while. You know, in the UK and definitely in America, and it's sort of it made it branch off into its own kind of different style, very like festival focused, and yeah, that kind of fizzled out, and it's gone back to the its roots i guess and it's still very much an underground genre of music is there a track that you want to play play us out with today uh yeah it's something i've been uh working on recently something i made last week actually fresh very very fresh yeah this one's entitled synthetic rhythms
Thank you for joining me today. This week's guest was Accept. There's also just a short amount of time left to vote for your favourite Kiwi song in the New Zealand Music Month Top 20 Countdown with Taha Sparkling Tonic. Next Thursday, the 31st of May, I'll run a special one-hour show with the Top 20 Kiwi Songs of All Time as voted by you. Head along to gardenofsound.nz right now and have your say. You could be winning for yourself a case of Taha Sparkling Tonic. That address again, gardenofsound.nz. All in support of New Zealand Music Month. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm Ian Turner and this has been Garden of Sound, presented by The Nephilist. <laughs>